Well, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, thank you for joining me today. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about something I'm going to be posting a, a new blog article on uh, later today or early tomorrow, uh, about gun-free zones. We all know, or everybody should know, about what happened in Roseburg, Oregon, when nine people, innocent, unarmed people, on a college campus, a small community college, were gunned down by a lone gunman who came on the campus heavily armed. Uh, nobody impeded him while he was doing all this. The Although technically this is not a gun-free zone, because in Oregon people are allowed to carry concealed weapons on college campuses if they uh, are licensed to do so, and the college allows it. Of course, most colleges don't. And now this university has decided that they're not going to allow it at UMCA University anymore. They'd already decided to disarm a security guard. They had one security guard on the campus, and he was disarmed. So there was no way for him to stop the murderous rage of this young man, and I'm not going to mention his name. The people of Roseburg don't want his name publicized. They won't mention it. Yeah, I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to mention this guy's name. But I will point out a few facts about him in a minute. But there was an Army veteran at the Veterans Center on the campus who did, in fact, have a firearm. He was carrying a concealed weapon. He was licensed to do so. He immediately, when the shooting started, tried to leave the Veterans Center to go help. He probably would have saved some lives. He probably would have taken the shooter down. But the campus officials, the administrators, would not allow him to do that. Think about that. Students and one professor were died. Yet the campus administrators were more concerned with political correctness than they were with saving the lives on the campus. I hope the relatives, the families of those who died, sue the heck out of this university, this college. Because what they, what they did is essentially throw their own students to the wolves in order to be politically correct and not allow an armed, trained veteran to go out and try to save lives. This is what gun-free zones are all about. This is the mentality of the gun-free zones. You go to Columbine, back to Columbine, Virginia Tech, Aurora, Colorado, the theater, Newtown, Connecticut, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Lafayette, Louisiana, all this where mass shootings have occurred, and all of these mass shootings occurred in gun-free zones. Gun-free zones are established by the federal government. They're established by state and local governments. They're established by college campuses and schools and private businesses like theaters. All under this distorted philosophy that if we don't allow people, average people, to carry firearms onto our property, that the bad guys won't carry firearms. That they'll come up and some terrorist is going to walk up uh, to the edge of a campus and I'm going to have a sack full of weapons with him, a bag full of weapons, and he's going to see that sign that says gun-free zone and go, oops, I can't shoot anybody here. They'll be breaking the law. How stupid is that? How stupid is that whole philosophy 
that criminals or terrorists are going to abide by the fact that somebody has labeled an area as a gun-free zone. Gun-free zones, in fact, are death traps. There have been a lot of mass shootings in this country in the last few years. And virtually all of them have occurred in gun-free zones. Now, the left is trying to hide that fact. In fact, the uh, far-left group called Every Town has come out with a set of statistics. It's Every Town for Gun Safety is the full name of the group. And it is connected with the Bloomberg organization, which wants to disarm all Americans. They have come out and said only 14% of the mass shootings in this country have occurred in gun-free zones. Well, how do they define a gun-free zone? For that matter, how do they define a mass shooting? Well, it turns out that included among the mass shootings are situations where kids have used pellet guns to shoot at other kids. Nobody killed, nobody seriously injured, but they define that as a mass shooting. They define a mass shooting in a gun-free zone as a home invasion where criminals break into a family's home and kill the members of the family. And they say, well, the house, the private property is not gun-free zones. The house is not a gun-free zone, but they don't determine or try to determine if, in fact, the homeowner actually had firearms in the house that were available to defend themselves and their families. They also would classify the shootings like a Chattanooga is happening in non-gun-free zones. Why? Well, the Reserve Center and the Recruiting Center were both federally mandated non-gun-free zones. But the city of Chattanooga had armed police officers. So according to the statistics and the way that every town analyzes this, that is not a gun-free zone because the cops have guns. There were no cops around when the shooting started. The cops arrived later, but they will not include that situation as shootings in a gun-free zone. So they're manipulating the statistics. They're playing games with the numbers, and they come up with this 14%. Now, what is the real truth behind all this? Well, the real truth is that 92% of the shootings between January 2009 and July of 2014, 92% of the mass shootings occurred in gun-free zones. To see what happened is a, a group called the Crime Prevention Research Center analyzed the same data used by every town. And they pointed out all the flaws and all the misstatements and all the manipulation of statistics and the manipulation of what actually happened to these sites. And they came to the conclusion that 92% of the shootings have occurred in gun-free zones. Yet, we're going to have more gun-free zones. Obama is going to push for it. The liberals are going to push for it. It doesn't matter to them how many innocent people die as long as they follow their agenda. 
try to disarm the American people. It's going to happen over and over again. In my view, some of them, including Obama, want it to happen over and over again. Because the more they have these so-called mass shootings and the more they can stop people from thinking about the fact that they're occurring in gun-free zones, the more they can try to get their public support for outlawing the private ownership of firearms completely, or at least putting more restrictions on it. But you know what? This Roseburg situation is blowing up in Obama's face. He has announced that he wants to, he will be going Friday to Roseburg to attend those funerals with some of the victims. And he wants to speak at the funerals. And we know what that means. Obama politicized this the minute it happened. Didn't even know who the shooter was. Didn't know how it had happened. But he politicized it. He got went into one of his temper tantrums that he's so famous for, demanding that there be more gun control. But the people of Roseburg, and this is an area where there are a lot of hunters and a lot of gun owners, this is a very conservative area in, in Oregon, they have told Obama, through their city council, through their sheriff, that they don't want him coming to their town and using the deaths of their citizens, their family members, their loved ones, their neighbors, using those deaths to push his political agenda. This could be interesting. Is Obama going to back down? He would be smart to do so. If he doesn't, and he's at this one of these funerals, or making a speech somewhere in Roseburg. Is anybody going to show up? They'll show up for the funerals. That's why he wants to make the speech at the funerals. If he just announced he's going to make a speech in Roseburg, they won't show up. The vast majority of the population will stay away from him. If he shows up at the funerals and starts doing, spewing his politically correct rhetoric, I think a lot of people are going to get up and walk out on him. I feel so badly for these people. But what they're coming out and saying is true, and it runs against the grain of the liberals. What they're coming out and saying is that we need more guns in this town. We need guns on that campus. We need more people armed to prevent this type of tragedy, not more people disarmed. The facts back them up. We had an incident a few years ago where inside a mall, and malls are all, for the most part, gun-free zones, and therefore prime targets for terrorists or just crazies. And by the way, this, this killer in Oregon was not just a crazy. He was not some nerd who uh, did this just for the fun of or just because he wanted to make a name for himself. This guy was a jihadist. And that's something nobody in the media is talking about, and certainly Obama will never talk about. The fact of the matter is that he had a website, or a MySpace site, where his main contact was an ISIS supporter. It appears that he had at some point tried to travel to Turkey so he could join ISIS to Syria. Somebody changed his profile on a dating website right after this happened. 
somebody wanted to change that to put him down as when he listed political affiliations, he said conservative Republican. And by the way, he was mixed race. And his skin was very dark. He appeared to be, be a black man. CNN, and I hope you see these pictures on the Internet because it's incredible. CNN took the picture of him and altered it by lightening his skin to the point where he looks to be a white man, by reducing the size of his lips and his nose, manipulating his whole face to make it look like this guy was a white man. And the Los Angeles Times initially identified the shooter as a white supremacist. Well, that's something very interesting. We'll talk more about this after the break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. If this shooter was a white supremacist, then I'm a leader of the American Communist Party. If he was a white supremacist, first of all, that would be the first that I've ever seen someone of black or mixed race being a member of a white supremacist group. But if he was a white supremacist, why of the nine people that he shot were there no blacks? There was one Hispanic, everybody else was white. Who was he shooting? Who was he targeting? Not, it was not a racial thing. He was targeting Christians. This came out not long after the shooting, that he was targeting Christians. Now, the New York Times wrote in an article that he was targeting people of a religion but refused to use the title Christians. 
Obama has never mentioned that Christians were being targeted. Suppose this was a shooter who had gone after exclusively Muslims. This would have been classified immediately as a hate crime. Now, people at Roseburg are classifying it as that, but the federal government's not classifying it as a hate crime. The FBI is not involved in investigating. Uh, it looks like they're not really taking a look at who this guy was and what his ties might have been to ISIS or to radical Islam in this country. Just like they have never acknowledged the fact that the shooter in Chattanooga was, in fact, a radical jihadist with ties to ISIS, with ties to al-Qaeda. They won't acknowledge that. They don't use that term. Obama never uses that term. If you're that radical jihadist and you kill people in this country, you get a free pass as far as identification goes. So they're not talking about this guy and who he really was. He was targeting Christians. Again, if he'd been targeting Muslims, if the Muslim students killed, Obama would be making speeches about how the anti-Islamic feeling in this country is so strong that we're all as Islamophobes, uh, that groups like the NRA ought to be put out of business. Oh, but they're still doing that. Yeah, some uh, CNN ran an article on their website by some college professor who is demanding that the NRA be labeled as a hate group for supporting our Second Amendment rights. A hate group. So I guess that makes me guilty of a hate crime because I'm talking about Second Amendment rights all over the country. I'm defending the Second Amendment rights. The Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a far-left, and I'm talking communist group, has been around for years, uh, has basically labeled the NRA as a hate group. They've labeled the uh, group of attorneys, the law firm that is defending Ken Davis as a hate group. They have in the past, I don't know if we're still on the list, I'd be disappointed if we're not, labeled the United States Justice Foundation as a hate group. I know they label the... Uh, former executive director of the United States Justice Foundation, and they put them him on the list as a leader of a hate group. Come on, label me. If standing up for the Constitution means I'm committing a hate crime, then I'm proud to say I will continue to do that. Standing up for the Constitution, standing up for the Second Amendment to the Constitution, standing up for the right of the American people to defend themselves against terrorists, against criminals, even against our own government. That's a matter of common sense. That's a matter of being patriotic. That's a matter of believing in the Constitution and believing in the oath of office I took when I joined the military to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's what I'm doing. That's what the people of Roseburg want to do. That's why they're defending their Second Amendment rights. Even though they, they're mourning the loss of their loved ones, they are not willing to destroy the United States Constitution as a result. What people need to realize is that, once again, 
there's been a terrorist attack in the United States by someone connected with a terrorist organization, Islamic terrorist. And that we need to recognize that and we need to prepare ourselves for more of that type of attack. And creating more gun-free zones is not preparing ourselves to defend people from those attacks. That's painting targets on the backs of people. That's painting targets on theater growers, on growers, on students, on college students, on people in churches, people who go to malls, even people on military bases. That's what you do when you establish a gun-free zone. Is you tell terrorists, you tell criminals, and you tell nutcases that, hey, if you want to shoot and kill a bunch of people, here's the opportunity to do it. Come to our mall. Come to our church. Come to our university campus. Shoot up as many people as you, you like and as you can before the police arrive. Because there'll be nobody here on this campus or in this mall that will impede what you're doing. A lot of places, security guards aren't even armed anymore. The American people have to wake up and realize that our government, not just the federal government, the state and local governments, school boards, are declaring open season on us. They're not going after the terrorists. They're not going after the criminals. They're not trying to prevent this from happening. They're making it easier for it to happen. Because that assists them in their narrative of attacking the rest of us, people in this country who privately own firearms, and have purchased those firearms for recreational purposes, or to defend our own homes and families, even if necessary to defend ourselves against our own government. They don't want, the left doesn't want to protect us, people like us. They want to disarm people like us. That's why they're making the push against the veterans and now against senior citizens to disarm veterans. Because remember that oath I said I took? The 23 million veterans, and we all take the same oath. We all are trained. We all know how to fight for our country. That's what the Second Amendment to the Constitution was all about. That's why it was put in the Constitution. It had nothing to do with duck hunting. It had to do with the fact that the founding fathers were in the process of setting up a new form of government, something that had never been tried before, and they didn't know if it would work. They didn't know if it would degenerate into tyranny. Now, it's worked for over 250 years, but now it's degenerating into tyranny. This is exactly why they wanted the American people to be armed, so they could defend themselves against tyranny. Go read the Constitution of the United States. You can get a copy of my booklet, Our Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, and I put them in the way they were originally written, and I put in my comments about what they really mean. You can get that through going to www.constitution.jigsy.com. Six dollars for a copy, and you can go and order multiple copies to be given out to schools or your groups. And you can do that at special prices. You can also go to my website and blog, which is www.michaelconnelly.com. 
www.jigsy.com. You can find out there how to order copies of that book, booklet, plus other books that I've written, including my uh, book about my father's year during World War II, The Mortarman, which has become a big seller, and also my patriotic novel called Amigali, A Story of America. By the way, I'm working on a new novel, and I will tell you more about that shortly. But it's going to be another patriotic novel. And I made the infuriated the left with the, my book, Amigali, A Story of America, and that made me feel so good because I love sticking it to these people and driving them crazy. They went nuts on Amazon, uh, calling me a gun nut, uh, calling me a, a racist uh, because I have the Chinese communists as their adversaries in that book. That made me a racist. And uh, also I mentioned radical Islam in that book. It also made me a racist. And, of course, the story is based on the American people rising up to defend their country, defend themselves by using firearms. And that made me a gun nut. So anyway, I'm, I'm sticking, going to stick it to them again, and I'm coming out with a new novel. And I'll be telling you more about it later. But go read the Constitution. You don't have to buy my booklet. You can find it online. You can also find the Declaration of Independence. And there's a passage in the Declaration of Independence, which has really been overlooked for a long time and mostly forgotten by many, most people, even if they ever knew it existed. Our children aren't being taught anything about the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence other than the fact that the Constitution is outdated and need needs to be scrapped. But in the Declaration of Independence, it states out the reason and the justification for the American colonists to break off their ties with King George in England. It has a laundry list of things that King George has done that violated the rights of the colonists. <clears throat> and read that list, by the way, because that list is very cl closely akin to a lot of the things that Obama's doing right now. But in the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, they talk about the right of people who have certain unalienable rights, including the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that if those rights are being taken away or being limited by their government, then the people have an absolute right, not just a right, but an obligation to abolish or alter that government, to provide for the universal rights, to provide for people, to protect our God-given rights. And that's why you need to read the Constitution, too, and particularly the Bill of Rights. And there's a preamble of the Bill of Rights, which I've included in this booklet, which you don't find in most textbooks, even if they have the whole Constitution in there, supposedly, they don't have the preamble to the Bill of Rights. That's separate from the preamble to the Constitution itself. And it was put in by the Founding Fathers basically as a warning, a warning to the government they were creating that these rights listed here, these first ten amendments, are not rights given to us by the government. But we acknowledge the government gives us the rights, and we acknowledge that the government can take them away. These are rights that belong to us, were given to us by God. And you cannot touch these rights. <clears throat> Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? 
It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So it's in the Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms. And it was put in there because of the Declaration of Independence and because, as I pointed out, the founding fathers were building a whole different country, a whole different form of government, and they did not know if it would last. It has lasted up until now, and now it's being taken away from us. That's why more and more people are going out and buying firearms, not just to defend their families, although that's become a, a critical situation in a lot of places, particularly places like here in Texas, and where the illegal aliens are coming in by the thousands and committing crimes by the thousands. And that's something we'll talk about in just a minute, but... The Declaration of Independence says we have a right to alter or abolish a government that tries to take away our rights. Gun-free zones are one of the ways that our rights are being taken away from us. Firearms registration is something that they say doesn't occur, and they won't. Congress won't pass it. But as a matter of fact, when you go to purchase a firearm legally, from a gun dealer or a Walmart, you have to fill out that form. <clears throat> they then fax over to the FBI, the gun dealer does, and they look at that form, and they have three days in which to do a background check on you and determine whether or not you can legally purchase a firearm. If you're a convicted felon, you can't. If you are a known user of illegal drugs, you can't. If you're mentally defective, the adjudicated to be mentally defective, 
to the point of being a danger to yourself or others, you can't. However, under this administration, you can't purchase a gun whether or not you've been, if you're a veteran, you can't purchase a firearm if you've been declared incompetent in your own financial affairs. And we've gone into that before. But the bottom line on this form you fill out is that under federal law, the FBI is not supposed to keep a record of your gun purchase. They're not supposed to keep a copy of this form. Neither is a gun dealer. Now, all the gun dealers I know destroy the forms. Within 72 hours of getting them, they destroy them. You really think the federal government's doing that under this administration? You really think the FBI is destroying these forms? That Obama would allow them to do it even if they wanted to? Not going to happen, folks. They are registering the guns. They know who owns the guns in this country. And they are prepared to try to come and take them away. We are going to see, in the next few weeks, I'm afraid, a whole new series of illegal and unconstitutional executive orders coming out of the Obama administration. Remember after Sandy Hook in Newtown, Connecticut, the massacre there? By the way, the guy there was a, he was crazy, but he was also a liberal Democrat. And he killed a bunch of innocent children and their teachers. And Obama came out with 23 new gun control orders, executive orders, none of which were constitutional, none of which he had the power to do on his own. Have they prevented more mass shootings? No. They probably encouraged them. Now he's going to come out with a new set. I don't know what they're going to be, but I can speculate. One of them is probably going to be to overturn a law passed by Congress, because this is what Hillary Clinton's been called for too, been calling for too, and she has threatened to do a lot of stuff by executive order. If she gets elected president, because Obama set the president precedent, and the Republicans in Congress have basically allowed him to do it. He does whatever he wants. He calls everything executive orders. He doesn't go before Congress, and Congress basically lets him do it, lets him get away with it. Just like they let him get away with your treaty with Iran, which in fact is a treaty, and which should have been ratified, sent to the Senate for ratification by two-thirds of the members of the Senate. But that didn't happen because our Republican leadership caved in and let Obama call it an executive agreement and let him set up. And they set up a whole new unconstitutional method to allow him to pass it and to implement it. So we're probably looking at, at something along those lines by Obama. Hillary Clinton was calling for the federal law that prohibits victims of crime from suing the gun manufacturers for damages, that that be overturned. I suspect that's what Obama will do by executive order, or at least do it and attempt to do it in some form. What does that mean? Well, it means that gun manufacturers will essentially be put out of business. Because under Hillary's proposal, basically... In Chicago, for example, a gun manufacturer could end up having to pay the family of a gang member who was killed in a gunfight with other gang members, members of another gang. 
and they would the gun manufacturer would have to pay damages to the family. They would even conceivably have to pay damages to the family of a, a somebody killed by a police officers in a police shootout. This would be no never ending. Every victim of crime involving firearms could sue the manufacturer of the firearm. The, that'll put gun dealers out of business. We will no longer have access in this country to any firearms manufactured by American gun dealers. And Obama has already, by executive order, severely limited the number and type of weapons that can be imported into this country. So he will be de facto disarming the American public and violating the Second Amendment of the Constitution. The only guns available out there are the ones that have already been purchased. Now, that's a lot of firearms. But he's going to do, try to do something about that, too. It would not surprise me if he didn't try to institute or call for some kind of federal buyback program like was done in Australia where people were ordered to turn in their firearms and would be paid by the Australian government. And by the way, Obama is touting Australia and Great Britain as prime examples of nations that have disarmed their populations and where crime has dropped. Interestingly enough, just after the, the shooting at Roseburg, there was a shooting in Australia where a young Islamic terrorist connected to ISIS gunned down, totally at random, a shop owner in Sydney, Australia. He had firearms on him. See how well that works? See how well disarming the population works? The jihadists are going to get their weapons. The criminals are going to get their weapons. I haven't seen any recent statistics on the crime situation in Australia, but I understand that the murder rate, has, which dropped initially, has gone back up. In Great Britain, it has skyrocketed. Great Britain now has more murders per capita, I understand it, and more crime overall than any other country in the world, including the United States. Of course, the exceptions are places that really can no longer be considered countries, like Syria. But the point is, is that Obama is touting what has been done in these other countries, even though it's now proven to be a failure. But failure has never stopped the left from going forward. I mean, the economic policies of the Soviet Union and Cuba virtually destroyed the livelihood of the freedoms of the people that live there. Yet those economic policies are exactly the ones being pushed by the left of this country. <clears throat> they don't look at the Soviet Union as collapsed as a failure. They think that they can institute the same type of government here, a communist or socialist form of government, and that they will make it work better because they're smarter. And that's the whole philosophy of the left. They're all smarter than we are. You and I, the average American citizen, we're just the unwashed masses. Now, that doesn't 
impress them that I'm a constitutional lawyer, that I spent most of my life studying the Constitution, writing about the Constitution, defending the Constitution. See, I didn't go to Harvard. I didn't go to Yale. I didn't go to an Ivy League law school. I went to LSU, for heaven's sakes. But it doesn't matter if I'd gone to Harvard or Yale. I would still be discounted because I don't agree with the masses. Or the masses, I don't, I should say, don't agree with the government. I don't agree with the elitists out there, like Obama, like John Kerry, like Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I don't agree with them, and therefore I'm stupid, and I should be restricted. I wrote an article not long ago about basically a veterans alert, talking to veterans about the fact that they had a, a new program the VA had started a couple of years ago, and I just learned about this recently called the VIP program, and it was the basically to get veterans to fill out a form indicating their health history and social history, etc., so that they could be evaluated to see if genetics was part of their health problem, something in their genetic makeup was part of the reason they were having some health problems. And... Uh, I looked at that form, and I looked at the way they ask questions about your family members, not just about you, about your mental health and about your emotional health. And a lot of the questions that were being asked were the same type of criteria they're using to disarm American veterans, declare veterans incompetent, to handle their own financial affairs, and then putting them on the next list so that they cannot purchase firearms. And they're declaring incompetent because of minor PTSD, because of minor depression, because they let their spouses pay the family bills, because they have their bills automatically paid by the bank. Now, look at this questionnaire, and I wrote an alert to veterans saying, I suggest you do not fill this out. And Vietnam Veterans of America got a hold of this, and they contacted the VA and wanted to know if this information was going to be confidential and how it was going to be used, and the VA wouldn't tell them. So they issued the alert out to all the VBA members. Don't fill out this questionnaire. Well, I got an email from somebody who basically was a leftist, I assume, saying that, how dare I do something like this, accuse the federal government of something like this. I should be muzzled or shut down. Basically, it was a threat. It was a threat to be, to kill me, what it boiled down to. And that's the type of thing we're facing out there. And that's why we have to be allowed to own firearms. Let's take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. 
Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, basically, the guy that wrote this email to me said that I need to be silenced. Well, I consider that a threat because people that know me know the only way I'm going to be silenced is for you to kill me. But they also know that if you're going to try to do that, you better come as a group. Because I'm not one of your patsies sitting in a gun-free zone waiting with a target on my back for you to shoot me in the back. You come at me, you're going to have the fight of your life on your hands. I'm getting fed up totally with idiots like in Black Lives Matter who threaten police officers, who call for police officers to be killed and claim that, you know, the national news media basically holds them up to a claim. Obama's never criticized them. You know, they were supposedly great people. One one Democratic uh, presidential candidate, uh, John O'Malley, you know, I think it's his first name. He comes out and apologizes to Black Lives Matter for using the term All Lives Matter. That's what the liberal philosophy is all about. They're a bunch of wimps. They're a bunch of losers. But they consider themselves elitist. They consider themselves smarter, smarter than you and I. And so they're unleashing on us the wrath of the criminal element in this country. And I say releasing. Obama is going to set loose 6,000 more federal prisoners. He's already released 68,000 convicted illegal aliens. And I'm not talking just about people convicted of being an illegal alien being here in this country. I'm talking about criminals who have committed murders, rapes. We're talking about pedophiles. We're talking about uh, people who committed aggravated assaults, child molestation. 68,000 released on this country. And none of them are being sent back to their country of origin like they're supposed to be. That's what federal law requires. And that's what Obama has set aside. Despite two federal court orders telling him he can't do it, he's doing it anyway. And if you talk to somebody from ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement, if you can get somebody to talk to you, because a lot of them are scared to talk, but to say the truth because they know they're going to get fired, 
or at least disciplined. But if you talk to some of them, you'll find out that we are basically not deporting anybody. Remember the president made this grandiose statement that we were, we're not going to deport those poor family members, uh, those poor children that are running from persecution in their countries. We're not going to deport people who have been here a while, we have family members who have been here a while. We're just going to concentrate on deporting the criminals, people that have committed crimes in this country, because federal law says that if they're arrested here in this country, if they're tried and convicted, once they serve their sentence, they aren't let back out on the streets. They're held until ICE can come pick them up and send them out of the country. 40,000 criminals from Mexico have not been deported. They've been turned back out on the streets after fulfilling their sentences. In fact, nobody, virtually nobody, according to the ICE agents, is being deported anymore. People coming into this country, they're known gang members. They have the gang tattoos on their arms, on their face. They brag about the number of murders they committed back in their home countries, like El Salvador or Honduras. ICE has been ordered not to detain them, but to give them a plane ticket or put them on a bus, let them go wherever in the country they want to go so they can join up with the local chapter of the gang here in the United States. I live in Texas. We have a huge border with Mexico. Coming across that border are Mexican illegals, yes, but only about 40% of them people coming across. We also have illegals from Central American countries. And I've talked to the people on the border. I've talked to the people who are trying to, to stop this down there. We also have people from Somalia. We have people from Yemen. We have people from Iran, from Iraq, from all of the terrorist-sponsoring sponsored countries. And now we're going to let in 10,000. No, I'll take it back. 10,000 was initial. Then it was 70,000. Now it's 100,000. We're going to let in 100,000 Syrian refugees without vetting any of them, without finding if any of them had ties to terrorism, we're going to allow them to come in. And we're going to take care of them. We're going to give them the same thing we give all the illegals. That's free food, free housing, free health care, free education. Forget about the homeless veterans around San Antonio. Forget about the homeless American veterans. They're nobodies. The Lackland Air Force Base has 2,000 illegals housed on the base, but they have no room for, for veterans, homeless veterans. ICE has converted one of his facilities down there into a bunch of very nice apartments, complete with widescreen TVs and free Internet access and all, free laptops and all this kind of stuff, and that's for, for illegals. No homeless vets allowed. The crime situation in Texas, for example, got so bad that right now there are 10,000 Mexican citizens here illegally who are in our prisons in Texas. In the last couple of years, there have been 68,000 crimes committed in Texas by illegals. Think about that. These are people that 
They've broken our laws to begin with by even coming here. And now, if they get caught breaking the laws and they get put in prison, they're not sent home after they serve their sentences. They're not sent back to their country. They're allowed to go back on our streets. You wonder why crime rate is out of hand in Chicago? Well, two reasons. Number one, Chicago has a lot of illegals and a lot of gangs. And number two, it is basically a gun-free zone. Private citizens have a very tough time getting a firearm in Chicago. And if they do get one, they take care of you, they permit to carry it. But the criminals, they can get them. We're looking at a growing crime wave in this country being sponsored by our own government, being sponsored by our federal government, in some cases state and city governments. We look at California. California is full of sanctuary cities. People are getting killed in California and other places by illegals who should have been deported that haven't been, or were deported and came back again, and then were caught again and weren't deported, then came back again and caught and deported, then came back again, and after five or six tries, they just give up and let them stay. American citizens are being gunned down on the streets. Ladies and gentlemen, help me stand up for America. Go to usjf.net and make a donation to help us defend our Constitution, to defend our veterans out there, to defend senior citizens who are now going to be losing their Second Amendment rights also under the same type of program, and to defend traditional marriage, to defend the First Amendment, to defend freedom of religion, and to continue to fight this amnesty program of Obama's. We're thick of that, of those lawsuits. Go to usjf.net and donate to help us out. We don't charge anybody for anything. We don't charge our veterans that we're representing a penny. We raise our money independently. If you want to read what we're doing, go to our website. You can read my most recent blog articles, or you can go to uh, michaelconnolly.jigsy.com, where you can read about my read my blog, learn about me and my background, my credentials. And also, you can learn how to order copies of our Constitution or any of the other books I've written. The main thing is, please refer people to my blog. They can email me, and I will put them on a list of people that they're notified. If there are veterans out there or anybody else who's been losing their Second Amendment rights through any of these programs sponsored by the federal government, contact me at Michael at USJF, that's the United States Justice Foundation, Michael, at USJFmail.net. And we will do what we can to help you out. If you're a veteran, again, it will be no charge to you. The same is true of senior citizens. But we need your help. Refer people to this show, get them to start listening in. If you want me to line up some guests, I'm going to be doing more of that. I've been, I've been saying that, but the people that have been contacted have been so tied up that it's going to take a while to get more people on, but I'm working on lining up more guests. 
you have something you want me to talk about on this show specifically, email me at michael at usjfmail.net and let me know. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.